welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. And welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to Positive Talk Radio. And we've got a great guest for you today. We've got a great show, and I'm hoping that you'll stay with us for the entire time because we have a magician and a keynote keynote speaker and a, uh, a crisis hotline um, phone answerer and all kinds of stuff. So we're going to be talking to him in just a second. But first of all, I have to find out why it's still raining. Eric, why is it still raining? It is January. You know that, right, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so happy it's January now. Great. So yeah, happy new year, by the way. This is the first time we've talked uh, since we joined 2024. So how's it going? How are you doing this year? I'm doing great. You know, I just, I, I learned something new every day. And you know what I learned today? No, maybe I'll learn it too. <laughs> How would you? <laughs> this is a, did you know 24 is a leap year? I did. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping that I had something new to share, but <laughs> maybe, well, maybe there's somebody in the audience who doesn't know that there's a going to be a February 29th this year. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I mean, isn't it weird that our like February is 28 days and some months are 31 days and some are 30? Why don't they just even it out? You know, why, <laughs> why? I mean, really, you could take, uh, you know, a couple months that have 31 days, pop two of those days onto February and then you're, you know, 30, 30, 30. Why? Why is that? I, oh, that makes, I'll never understand that, but that makes altogether way too much sense. I, I um, maybe some, maybe our guest knows, I don't know, but uh, that's one of those things where I should research it, but uh, it, I, I'm still scratching my head over it. I don't think anybody will have a decent answer for you. It's kind of like, that's Probably just not. the way it is, yep. you know? So in any event, well, so this is leap year and I think leap years are supposed to be really good luck, aren't they? Well, it, it's lucky for people that were born on February 29th uh, on Leap Day because they get to celebrate a birthday when normally they don't. Well, I got a question for you. If your birthday is on February 29th yep. and and somebody asks you how old you are, are you are you only are you four years younger for every four years than everybody else? So you could be 28 and you'd be six. Or, or 24 and be six? I'm sure you'd like to think that, but uh, <laughs> a year is a year, <laughs> whether you have a birthday or not. <laughs> yeah, unless, unless you want to go vote or unless you want to uh, um, right. do something like that. So, uh, anyway, just one of those random thoughts I had that I get from time to time. So, I'm taking medication for it, though. <laughs> well, it seems to be working wonders. <laughs> <laughs> thank you eric and uh i hope you had a happy new year and by the way Likewise. there's there's going to be a uh, gentleman that comes on he's got this name similar to yours who's going to be on the show on friday if he remembered yes 
<laughs> and and his name is Eric, and he's a magician, a uh, musician. Sorry, and he's a magical musician, and uh, and he's got a new album that is just out. You're not going to want to miss this show. That's going to be on Kixie, eight eighty a.m. at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, Eric has a new album that is being dropped, as they say, and uh, it is uh, a great piece of music, and we're going to talk about it. Because I know nothing about his musical expertise and, and stuff because he's a very private person. Looking forward to it. It'll be fun. So, so thank and make sure you bring some music to play. Of course. Of course, indeed. Of course, indeed. Well, thank you, sir. And we're at this point, we're going to talk to uh, um, our keynote speaker and our magician and a really nice guy. And he also works with crisis hotlines and, and stuff. So, uh, um, his name is Nash Fung. Nash, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Kevin. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. Did you know it was leap year? I did, and I have a very, very, very good friend who actually is born February 29th. And the, to answer your question, no, you don't do the whole I'm only six-year-old thing. And they usually celebrate it on March 1st for years and not leap years. Oh, well, that, that makes perfect sense then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, that would be weird to be born on February 29th. It, yeah, I, I can't imagine. And you're right. This is just switch um, of August, which is 31 day. And switch it to give it to, um, you know, February. I think that makes more sense that way. I would think, but but we, we, apparently we're not the ones who make that decision. So it doesn't matter. I'm really so, intrigued that. Yeah, I mean, trick. Why did it happen to you? But in any event, you are a keynote speaker of note, but you're also a magician. So what came first, the chicken or the egg or the magician or the key keynote? Oh, uh, the answer is magic. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, give me the answer then. If it's magical, just give it to me. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, yeah, I started learning magic when I was uh, about I say 14 year old is when I really get serious about learning magic. So uh, and I became a professional magician after I graduated from college. And but I've always wanted to be a a speaker because I was really motivated by a speaker when I was in college and high school. And I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing what they can do, you know, and it, life comes in full circle. You know, now I, I use magic as a vehicle to express, you know, meaningful messages so I can become a speaker that way. And the meaningful messages that you would like to convey are? A couple of them. Uh, it is from my journey. I think you gloss over it a little bit in the beginning. Uh, obviously, as a magician, and as a magician, I always got to stay creative. You got to stay innovative. You got to always reinvent, right? So that's a yeah. message I want to share with people, how to always become, you know, stay curious, basically. Stay curious, stay innovative. And the other message I have is on empathetic communication. And that is from a, um, a long journey of being a crisis line volunteer for 16 years. You know, I learned how to support others through empathy. And that's a skill that I want to teach others so they can help more people. 16 years? Is that what I heard? Yeah, 16. What Did you start when you were like five? I started when I was, uh, I wish, no, I'm not a leaving your baby neater. And uh, I, uh, wow, what, what I was, I think I was uh, applying to a graduate school at that time. So 22, 20, 20 something. Yeah. You know, that, that's something that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily do is I think I'm going to go to work at a crisis hotline. Um, what is that like to do that on a daily basis? You know, uh, 
it is difficult and easy at the same time. I I, I hope I give you a good answer to that one. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's so you get so many different kind of phone calls, right? And and you you talk to so many different people, and the the easy part, believe it or not, ultimately is just you choosing to be human for someone else. You know, showing up for them. Just but just being there to listen. That's the easy part. The hard part is actually fighting some of the um the 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 urges to like problem solve for people, right? Or um, you know, or, or you know, you, you go into problem solving mode, but you don't really get to listen to the other person. Uh that part can be difficult sometimes. Cause I as a magician, my background is in problem solving. Like I want to solve a trick, I want to create a trick. So it, it, it this is hard for me to like remind myself, hey, you know. Don't do it right away. You know, spend the time to really listen first. So, yeah, that's experience. Now, we're going to get back to the crisis crisis hotline in a second because I want to make sure that I get the number out. There is a new national number out for uh, folks that are having troubles. And if you feel like you're having trouble, you can call 988. And if you're a veteran, you can call 988 and then 1, and you'll be talking to a veteran because I think it's really important. There are a lot of veterans that are in trouble and a lot of people that are in trouble because life is, can be messy. But I wanted to ask you, first of all, about your magicianhood. What's your favorite trick? Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, the, the favorite trick that I had done, uh, I will say the trick I did at the Seattle gum wall. I did it. I have a card. Someone selects a card, they sign it, and I made it basically disappear, and it reappear underneath layers and layers and layers of gum uh, on a gum wall. And I did that um, first on YouTube, and then it got picked up by King Five TV. Uh, can I name? I don't know station. Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, on Even Magazine. So I did it with Jim Dever. That was a fun experience. So that that one is is very unique because um, I cannot tell you how to prepare for the trick. But and as I say, it takes a long time, and you have one shot to get it right. If you don't get it right, that's it. There's no magic. So, so that was one of my favorite. I, I love like high stick magic like that. You know. Um, similarly, I I, I created a trick uh, for um, a TV show called Pen and Teller Fool Us, and I was one of the early contestants in like season two. But that was also a trick that I had never done ever in in live audience. And that one time we shot it, that one shot, that's it. That's the first time I do the trick that way for um, for the audience. So yeah, those are my favorite. High so when, when you were 14, you started doing magic, but how do you know how to create? I Is there like a magician's how to create new trick handbook someplace? Or how do you do that? I'm so glad you asked me this question. I'm really glad you asked me the question because I have a lot of thoughts on this, uh, but I'll condense it for you. So fortunately, when the beginning, my my parents didn't like buy me a bunch of books and magic instructional videos to learn. So I may be reading one book for like a whole year, right? And because I did not have the resource, it forces you to then create your own spin on a trick you learned already. So yeah, it's, it's kind of ironic that I like I I think it's, deep down my parents might be a little bit leery about me want to be a magician so they didn't really give me a lot of resources but that made me more creative and they made me want to do magic more so <laughs> that plan backfired on them but yeah 
you you basically you kind of have to force yourself into thinking of different ways to present your trick and just making different combinations. You know, like you learn this move here, you learn that move there, and you're like, what if you combine them together? Then you can create something different. So I, I'm not a musician. I think you have a magical musician guest on Friday, right? Uh, yes. But I think it's kind of like songwriting. You just think of different notes and put them together, and you're like, oh, that that jams. Like all, or even like like culinary arts. You know, you different flavor, you put them together. Oh, that jams together. That's awesome. And then one thing leads to another. You just create things. Yeah. Now, do you find that you need uh, to have a certain dexterity in your fingers and your hands to be able to do things as quickly as? Because I, I, I'm afraid I don't have any of that. I got short, fat fingers, and so I that would come into play as a magi magician, wouldn't it? It certain moves, yeah, but for the majority of the moves, um, it doesn't take any crazy dexterity that normal people wouldn't have. Like only a certain moves are like you gotta be have really big hands or, or long fingers. And I tell you what, if you have shorter, uh, bigger fingers, it actually helps with um coin magic because a lot of times, like you can try to hide a coin. In between your fingers if i get like for my fingers my fingers are skinny so there's a, a lot of what we call windows a lot of gaps between the fingers and that does not hide a coin as well unless except for people like with meaty fingers it hides it like like a curtain so don't say it was short man this could be a new year resolution learn some point <laughs> magic kevin are you meaning to tell me that when you make a coin disappear the coin really didn't disappear I am telling you the truth. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, no, it doesn't just disappear. It's it's very ingenious way to to make it look like it disappear. Okay. But but there are no there are more ways to do it than just fingers hiding it though. So um be aware of that. So anyway. <laughs> so because you did now do you go out on tour? Do you have an act that you put together and and do you want to do that? Or do you incorporate it with what you're doing now? with your keynote speaker, because I think it would be a really cool combination of keeping the audience, you know, interested and activated and learning at the same time. I do. I do. In my keynote, I, I use magic to illustrate a um, couple of key messages. And the, the magic is the experience of the magic itself has... Um, is what creates that that feeling. And it was very difficult for me to explain it, right? But it's one of those things that you really have to experience it to, to know what I mean. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I use that because, you know, I think a lot of folks who go to conferences, they see so many speakers. So you have to deliver your message in a little different ways to, to keep their attention and keep them excited. So, so yeah, I, I definitely use magic in the keynote. It's a unique niche that you occupy because not obviously not everybody can do that or or is good enough to be able to do that but you your niche is hey look i've got a great message and i've got a great presentation and so you marry the two things and it becomes a really good um, entertaining evening for everybody thank you thank you yes it's it's kind of like a, a one of those a, a stage hypnotist um, I although I haven't seen any stage hypnotist keynote speakers that that do that. You know what I mean by a stage hypnotist? There are a couple of hypnotist keynote speakers, actually. Really? 
Yeah, there are a few of them, and it, a lot of them talk about the power of the mind. Uh, very, of course, if you're a hypnotist, right, the, your talk will be very mindset based, you know. And uh, yeah, there are a couple. I I can happily send you some links. Maybe they can be on the show too. Oh, that would that would be awesome. So, my my friend Holly Berry ran into you, and you were performing, I do believe. And wh where were you performing at? Holly, I remember Holly. Yeah, yeah, it was last year. Yeah, yeah, it was last year. It was a fundraiser uh, for Treehouse, and uh, it was actually a ten-year celebration. I think it's our mutual friend uh, is Kita Event Northwest, and uh, the name of the owner is Krista. And she had um, she was um, brought up in the foster home um, environment, so she wanted to at the ten year of her um, company celebration, she wanted to host a big party and also raise money for Treehouse. Uh, it was very very meaningful. So I'm happy to be part of it. Just do some magic, entertain the crowd, get them hyped up and excited, donate money. And Holly was one of the uh, randomly chosen volunteer to join me on stage for a trick. <laughs> and, and I little do I know she knows you. Now I'm here. So the world works in a very interesting way. <laughs> it does work in a very interesting way. But um, what did she? What trick was she part of that she got on stage for? Gotcha. Uh, to explain quickly, it's a trick where I make um, something teleport from the audience to be on stage, basically. And uh, and the trick is, I'll tell you right now. Uh, so I have a, a, a two-liter bottle on stage, unshaken, unopened, and she was the one who was holding on to it. And in the audience, we have like 50 cans of soda can out. and everybody oh, you're, the, you're the one who did that. That, that was me, yeah. Yeah, because she's been talking about that for the whole year. Oh, she... <laughs> that has impressed well, hope, her so much. I hope she didn't try to replicate the trade because it wouldn't work <laughs> without me, I'm telling you right now, okay? So it'll be a big mess. But anyway, yeah, everybody shake up the soda cans in the audience, like 50 cans are being shaken, but I somehow made those explosion teleport from their soda can into the lead of soda that Holly was holding on stage the whole time. No one was shaking it, so that's what happened. And did the um, effervescence in the in the um, um, bottle that Holly was holding did that overflow, or did it just kind of? It explodes. It is in the Ziploc bag. I put it in Ziploc bag too, so it wouldn't like <laughs> it's still over everybody. But yeah, so you put it later in a Ziploc bag, a jumbo one, and they open it through the, the back, so that way it's just you know all the explosion. Yeah. So so let me explain how it was explained to me, uh, because this is this is from the other. From the from the audience viewpoint okay. it's like he had all these cans and the can and one guy was holding a can and he said this wasn't open and but i don't know how he could have uh, done this unless he unless it was like water in there that he had then sealed it back up i don't know how that could happen but he shook it up and he thought he was going to get um uh, soda all over him okay. and he got nothing and it was like i can't imagine i had no earthly idea how he did that um so they were they were they were suitably impressed with that one i gotta tell you nice yeah so she got most of it right but it's like 99 right and and the funny thing is actually a lot of times uh, people cannot remember the details of a, of a trick so right. the story they retell Sometimes it's like way more impressive than trick itself has happened. And, and it happened many times in my career. And, and there are funny stories about that too. So, yeah. 
Well, and you enjoy being a magician and you enjoy keynote speaking. Which do you enjoy more? That's a tough question. They, I like that. I like them both for different reasons, to be honest with you.、Um, obviously, as magic, it's just my passion. I loved it since I was a kid. So、uh, to be able to do magic, to basically you know be a kid on stage and and make a living out of it is a blessing. So I, I love that part. It's fun. Keynote speaking is definitely very rewarding and fulfilling because you know. After a show, you get people who tell you the show was great. But after keynote, people would tell you, you know, you know how you impacted their lives, how you helped them, and that is、um, that's beautiful. So, so I, I like both for different reasons. Well, and when you combine the two, you can hold people's attention to a higher degree, I would think, than if if you were just doing one one or the other. I think so. I, I think I think you hit it right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's more unique. It kept attention. And and you must have now. Do you use assistants? Do you have like pretty young girls that you work with and and that kind of stuff? And do you saw people in half or is this all you know?、Uh, do, do you make the Empire State Building go away or did you make the,、uh, an elephant disappear or anything like that? I got you. Those are referred to as big illusions in the industry. So I don't do illusions. So I never had any assistants. I I I didn't get to play with those like like huge giant illusions. So the answer is no. And、uh, and also I I pay less tax for that. I think I think I have no idea. <laughs> I don't have an employee, so less tax for my business. I think.、Yeah. Exactly. Now, have you made somebody in the audience disappear? I've been asked many many times. <laughs> That, can you can you make that dude over there disappear? We disagree with him. I get that all the time, all the time. Yeah, but I, I cannot tell yes or no. You have to find out. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's cool. If somebody wants to see you, are you performing? Because you're here locally, right? I do live in Muckatoo. Yeah, I, I live in the Pacific Northwest with my family. Yeah. Yes. So, is if are you going to be performing where somebody can go buy a ticket and see you anytime soon? I don't. I I haven't done a public performance for a long time, and、uh, actually, that's not true. What I'm talking about, actually, I was just recently、uh, brought to do、um, a performance for the New Year's Eve at、uh, the Lolly Hotel,、uh, this, this at the Charlotte restaurant for the、uh, New Year's Eve party. So,、uh, on off chance where someone hired me to do something like that, then you can buy ticket. Otherwise, I'm mostly available for. Uh, private like conferences and、um, you know learning and development events by by company. So yeah, but but you know what though, if you want to see some of the magic, you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram a lot, posting a lot of magic with me, my little daughter.、Uh, she's four year old, so I teach her Cantonese, and、uh, I would do magic in Cantonese with her, and you will see she understand absolutely everything I say. It's pretty amazing. So、uh, once you see something cute like that, hop on my、uh, Instagram. She's probably she must be adorable. She、yeah. is. She <laughs> is. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. Sometimes, like, I don't want to. Like, oh, my daughter's so cute. I hate saying that, but but she really is an angel. She's so sweet. She's no, 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 no. Understand, your your dad. You're allowed to gush over your four year old. I am. I know. She she's my world, my friend. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. You know, we're we're gonna need to、uh, take a break in a minute because I wanted to separate the two sides because now I want to talk about the crisis center and how you can help people to learn how to help 
other people that are in distress without telling them what they need to do and can be supportive for them. Cause that's, I, that is an art form unto itself, I would think, because go ahead. No, go for it. Go for it. I think you're right. Exactly. Because yeah. what I would do is say, well, you know, I think what you should do is this and then you'll be fine and that'll be OK. And then I hear, you know, them. They, I don't think that would go well because uh, they don't want this. Is, they want to be heard, not talked to, I would think. You're right. You're so, right. You know, you know how to. Yeah. So we're, we're going to take a break real quick. And when we come back, we're we are talking with our friend Nash Fung. He's he's fun. He's he's a fun fung. Fun. <laughs> never mind. That was a stupid joke. Anyway, <laughs> so we're going to take a break. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150 AM. And we'll be right back after these messages. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview, and at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. You're listening to KKNW, and my name is Kevin McDonald, and we've got a great guest, and his name is Nash Fung. He is a magician. He is a uh, keynote speaker. He speaks on all kinds of different topics and with the intent of leaving you better than he found you. Would that be an appropriate way to describe your work, sir? That would be appropriate. Yes. Um, I strive to be, I strive to. Yeah. 
that's all you can do is to do the best you can. And you'll find oftentimes that the greatness that you have is within you. And it was always there. And you're helping. What I really like about it, one of my new catchphrases is, is that uh, you are already great. And we are all already great. Uh, we just don't recognize who we really are sometimes. And it's important for us to understand that and to ask the very important question of why am I here and what am I here to do? And if you ask those questions, the, the world will open up to you in amazing ways. And I, I wanted to ask you, was there a time in your life when you ever asked that or did you kind of know that from early on? Ooh, that is a good question. Uh, I, I cannot think specifically when, because to be very honest with you, I got lucky. Like I, I started doing magic as soon as I was out of college. So I didn't, I mean, I had like maybe like a six or nine months of like, you know, wandering around, not knowing what I want to do, like just like doing part-time job here or there. But I was fortunate enough to be able to do magic already. So I, I never had a question about my passion, like what my purpose is. Like right away I knew, yep. I'm good at this. Yep, I'll be doing that. So, yeah, I'm lucky, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't think that their luck had anything to do with it. I think that you are were gifted in that in that way. And you were, well, I will say that you were fortunate that you found your calling early in life. A lot of us don't figure it out until we're 30 to 40 to 50 to never. And it's the, the folks that are in the never category. They're the ones that you and I are hoping to reach. I would think. I hope so too. I hope so too. Yeah. And it's never too late to be honest with you. And I'm sure you have talked to many, many guests who discovered a calling, true calling um, a little bit later in life, according to whoever standard it is. But as long as you find it, my friend, you know, that it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's, it's like I have a relative who says your expiration date is at the bottom of your foot. I can't see the bottom of my foot, so I don't know when mine is. But it, until you get to that day and that time, that you need to be doing everything within your power to live your life as good as you can with the help of other people that are around you and to take care of each other because that's how we will change the world. That is a beautiful um, philosophy. I love that. Thank, thank you. And that 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 really is the reason that I do this show is I like to bring on people like you who are really destined to have an impact uh, on, on people. And you, and you very intentionally are doing that with your, with your speaking and with the magic and with the whole program, because you know that that it will have a positive impact and you can reach people that way. It, it really is a beautiful thing. And that's why Holly wanted uh, me to talk to you so much is because it's, it really is a, it's, it's important for everyone on the planet to recognize that even if it's nothing more than saying hello to the checker at the grocery store yeah. with a smile and to say, hi, how are you? Because we're all human. We're all the same. And we all have got, we've got, okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about working at the crisis center because you did that when you were started that when you were early twenties as well. 
what what motivated you to do that? That isn't the typical thing that guys and gals will go and do. Gotcha. It started off as a um, it is a requirement, not a requirement. Uh, it is some of the requirement to apply for graduate school. Like I want to be, um, I want to get into a, a graduate program, uh, Seattle University. But ah. uh, yeah, so but to do that, you have to have volunteer experience in the mental health field. And I was recommended to, you know, volunteer at a crisis line. And I'm like, okay, let's give it a shot. You know, at that time, I have no idea like what that is about and, you know, how to do this. But uh, I, again, got fortunate, again, to be on a shift that is uh, filled with amazing people. Some have been doing that for like 25 years when I was on a shift. They, and they are the folks that really make it you know, worthwhile and fun to, to be around, right? Because you're right, sometimes, you know, uh, as I've been doing it for a long time now, um, there are a, a high turnover sometimes because, you know, it, it, it can be difficult some, at, at times. Uh, but if, do you, if you enjoy working with the people, if you enjoy people you volunteer with on a weekly basis, then you get to know them, get to know the family, you know, um, that, that help, you know. So how about answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, well, it did, but and uh, which, of course, leads to another question, which, which would be, um, how do you leave it there? How do you how do you do it for like eight hours and then leave it there and not take it home and kick the dog or you know have it affect your life in a negative way? Good question. So our shifts are usually four hours, uh, four hours a week. As well as our shift, and uh, how do you do that? Now, I will be honest. For the most part, I would say ninety-nine percent of the time, I'm pretty good at that because I knew that I had given my all. I knew that I had, in my, you know, the true nature of my heart, I really try to help someone. So um, I, I'm at peace. So that that's why I can like leave it. But there are only a certain cases that I still remember today. Of course, I cannot share with them. Uh, they are confidential. Right. Um, but there are those are the different reason why it sticks with me, and um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So th those ones, it's oftentimes the ones where I felt like I can probably break some rules because as a Christian volunteer, you're not allowed to break. You know help them individually outside of the phone line, right? But there are times when I feel like I could just do something simple and but obviously I couldn't. And that stuck with me a little bit. I'm like, ah oh, God, if I can just, you know, you know, break the rules sometimes and, and help someone. But I didn't, uh, of course, I and I'm glad I did not because obviously um I'm sure it sets a bad precedent for other people too. So that's why um yeah those are ones that, that stick with me the most when I knew I can do more. But for the most part I feel like I've done everything I can. So that's why I can leave it. At, at that and be peaceful about it when when somebody calls the crisis hotline mm -hmm. are they is there is there like a common theme amongst them as far as are they suicidal are they um trying to stay away from that drink that they know that if they have one it's going to be 20 until they fall down and they're looking for support in that, which what, what are some of the major topics that, that you have to be aware of? Hmm. Um, honestly, there are so many different kinds of calls. You just name two of them, like substance um, abuse and uh, suicidal, um, you know, crisis. 
or it can be someone who is um, currently homeless looking for a shelter or someone who had um, uh, unfortunate history with um, domestic violence. Uh, you, you name them, we get them. You know, is is or anyone or even just someone who just had a breakup and they felt like the world was coming to an end, you know, then it just needs to talk to someone. I think a lot of times the common theme really is they don't have a lot of support in their lives. Like yeah. we are blessed with friends and families. We if we have problem, we can turn to them from talking on the phone. Sadly, there are a lot of people who just don't have that. And sometimes we are the only human connection they have. It's just calling us. And but in those like, right, like, like those couple of you know minutes, you know, half an hour, an hour, whatever, how long it is, right? Um, it's important for them. So so that I think support, like real life support, is one of them. Uh, another one is I think financial problem as well. It's pretty real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I was fortunate enough to do two jobs that were considered, you know, support. One was a bartender <laughs> and they, that turns into a, uh, a story. And also I was a bus driver for 12 years. Oh, okay. And okay. So you, yeah. So you see all kinds of people that you don't know if they've even had somebody say hello to them that day. And or smile at them or say boo. And if you come across with a positive attitude, you can really affect somebody's day, somebody's life. And that's that was what I got out of those jobs the most. You say it so beautifully. It is, it's true. You just never know that one interaction can really change someone's life for the better or worse, right? You know, you can either be. Yeah. Yeah, we all had an encounter like we send someone that you know is disagreeable and that ruined your whole day. Conversely, if you're someone who is like super positive and bring that goodness to the world, you can change someone's day as well for good as well. So, yeah, beautiful. And I'm convinced that if we all took the attitude that that we can help other people and to change, even if it's just a small thing, uh, to change somebody's day. Um, we will be rewarded for that. And, and I get rewarded for that daily by just doing it. By just yeah, being kind to somebody. Yeah. I mean, if you can choose, right? Why wouldn't you be kind to someone? Like, why wouldn't you? It's, it's like the minimum baseline for being a human being, I feel like. We should all just do that, you know? Yeah. You know, one of the things that's been rattling around in my head is that I just don't understand. And I'm I'm hoping that one day to be, have, get, better clarity for this but there are people that are walking around that believe in hate division and fear because they're living in fear and they're and they've got and they've they're divisive in that not everybody is the same as them and stuff like that and to me that's just a horrible way to live i would hate to live like that yeah 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 you say something beautiful too like yeah sometimes you know, the, the other person is is not like I, I, I use the word disagreeable. You know, but that could be they're fighting their own, you know, and unhappiness in their life as well. So, yeah. By the way, do you do you know the number for the crisis hotline so that we can give it out? <laughs> I actually don't know. I'm the one who received call. Like, I I have to. Is okay. I know it's gonna sound bad, but in front of a dashboard, there's a bunch of numbers. If I'm oh, yes. at the office right now, I can tell you right away. But right off the top of my head, I don't. I don't know. But it's crisisconnection.com. You can find us. Yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you what, if you, and if you want to talk to us and you know the number, you can call us right now at Fort. See, I know this number, 425-373-5527 and uh, give Eric the number and then we will uh, put it up for everybody so that if you are one of those people at, and by the way, there's no stigma attached to having a crisis. We all have a crisis for, you know, if you're, your loved one leaves you. There's, you know, last hour I was talking to a lady that her mother died when she was 11. Her daughter died at 26 when, when she was 26 and had, she had cancer and, uh, and her husband has uh, uh, cerebral palsy. So it's kind of like, boy, that's, that's, that's a, a triple whammy, but she's still positive and stuff. So it's, you know, these things happen to us in life. It's how you deal with it that, that makes a difference. Now, when you're keynote speaking, do you talk about those things at all? What, what is it that you like to talk to people to help uplift them? So I use the five, you know, empathetic communication principle that we use in Crisis Line, and we teach those skills to leaders so they can better support, you know, the people and build a more, you know, encouraging, you know, um, supportive culture right and and i i literally because today i actually dug up the uh i you can't see it on the radio but uh, you can see this is the, actually the training manual that i got when i was a prize line volunteer i i <laughs> i had to dig it up so and but yeah there are basically steps to you know how to help others so these are the things i teach other people right and one of the things you said earlier they say um this is actually beautiful if you see it online right here they say communication techniques to avoid shoot statement you should never tell people oh you should do this you should do, you should do that that literally is printed in a menu so you hit it exactly on the head like you you know what yeah it's there to listen but not like you know tell them what to do so it's yeah it is it is really hard to go into a conversation i would think i haven't had to do it very much but when somebody calls up to you and says I'm alone. My significant other just passed away and my kids don't live here and I'm totally lost and I'm feeling alone. What kind of advice can you give someone that's in that situation or a similar situation that can kind of help them find the, their, their, the way. Oh, Hey, Eric, somebody called in. Oh, nice. <laughs> And, and uh, so the, the number for the crisis hotline is 866-427-4747. And Eric looked it up. So thank you, Eric, thank you. Um, for that. He is so handy to have around. Um, and so 866-427-4747 or um, www.crisisconnections.org. And that's a 24-hour hotline. Um, so if you are in crisis, don't do it alone. Um, you can get help. There is resources out there for you to get help. And uh, and you might be fortunate enough to get to talk to a guy like Nash on the other side of the phone. We have a lot of amazing volunteers indeed. So, yeah. And to answer your question, Eric, the scenario you gave me, right? You know, someone yes. who is alone. If someone's alone and they're talking to you, that's, I mean, good, fortunate that have they have someone like you, right? Uh, but I can I can give you a more like general like 
steps to to do if if you encounter someone in need or someone who's in crisis, right? And I I mentioned it earlier because a lot of times when someone tell you they're in crisis, like for example your example, I feel all alone, right? You write it where you be like, oh, how about this? Have you gone to like make some new friends? How about if you have you tried that? Have you tried that? Like you go to problem solving right away to try to help them, and we try to avoid that actually. So the first step we do, um, I, literally, I'm have right here the menu right here, um, is active listening. Really use active listening first. Demonstrate to them that you have understood what they're going through first. Demonstrate to them that you you know uh, validate their feelings too. By the way, so the way you do active listening is to listen in a non-judgmental manner. And your job is to try to you know absorb as much as what they say to you, and and the way to confirm to them that you have understood them, right? You you paraphrase what they say to you. So if the scenario you say is you know I think you mentioned um, their spouse had had passed away, right? And the kids are not home, and you can just paraphrase like you know I'm so sorry to hear that. Like seriously, like how long have you been with, with, with your spouse? You can go to a deeper question, right? And they tell you how long it is, and you'd be like. You've been with them for so long, you know this. This must be heartbreaking for you to to not see them anymore, especially being with them so long. So you get the idea, right? So to paraphrase what you heard back to them, when you do that, you make the other person feel that one, you had given them your undivided attention, and two, it actually forces you to indeed give them your undivided attention because if you know that you're gonna have to paraphrase back to them what they say to you, it makes you a better listener. It helps you stay present with them, so that is a little—I、um, wouldn't say trick, but a technique we use is paraphrasing, and and also validate the feeling. Like you, you sound very—you know—you know, sad. You know, it sounds—it must be heartbreaking. You know, use feelings words help a lot as well. And、uh, the third skills is silence. Actually,、mm. silence. Give give them the time to think. Give yourself the time to think as well. That is very very important. And、uh, and I love the part where they say, you know, try to try to avoid self-disclosure, because、um, sometimes when you hear someone say something like a story that you can relate to, you've gone through something similar. It's、uh, it's very natural for us to be like, oh, let me tell you about my experience of that. <laughs> when you do that right away, I'm not saying don't do it. Actually, I'm not saying not don't do it, but don't do it right away because if the first thing you say is. Oh, I'm so sorry about your story. Let me tell you about my story of of what happened. You know, then it just makes them feel dismissed, makes them feel being not listened to. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's kind of like, oh, you, I know that happened to you, and that's bad. But you should have heard what happened. Listen to what happened to me. This is even worse. Yeah, you know, you, you really don't want to go there. And by the way, you said something that is so very very important. I hope everybody takes this to heart. And that is, I believe that listening is a lost art in our society. We are always thinking of the next thing to say, how I'm going to counter this argument, how I'm going to make, and we don't listen to what's actually being said by the other person. And the other thing is silence. It is really key. I think that if you now I can't do it on the radio, but when you're talking. And you just let it be, and let it, and let them soak it in, and let them know that you're there for them, and they're you're listening to them, and that can help them a lot. I would think. Yep, those are powerful, powerful technique to help someone. 
And uh, I think the last thing you do is you always ask the person who's going through a crisis, you ask them, what do you think is going to help you through tonight? And the reason why you ask that is because you don't want them to be overwhelmed by thinking, how am I going to solve the whole problem, right? Uh, you help them take small step, one step at a time. Think about the next step first, right? And a lot of times people don't reach out to help others because they are afraid that they cannot solve a problem for them. They don't know what to say. But from my experience on a phone line, those are actually advantages. When you don't know what to say, it makes you, it forces you to listen more. Yeah. When you don't know how to solve the problem, it forces you to not problem solve for them, but instead be there for them, listen, acknowledge them, and then put the ball in their court. Ask them what's one thing they can do to help themselves tonight to make tonight a little easier so that they can get to their final solution eventually, right? So, so that, uh, back to what I said, yeah, don't give advice, you know, because um, you want to give them the, the power that, to know that they can solve the problem. Don't solve it for them. Give them the power. Let them, you know, take back that, um, I'm losing my word over here. Um, take back that power, basically, that I can solve this problem, you know. So, yeah, those are some simple tips I can give. Yeah. Do you find that a lot of people that are in that place just want to be heard? Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, most of the time, that is all they need just to feel like another human being understand what they're going through. That alone is what helped them through the night to know that they're, they're being validated. Yep. So if, if you are listening to this and you run into a situation like that, where somebody's in crisis and is in pain, just sitting with them and listening to them can be very therapeutic for them. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. It's more powerful than you think. Yeah. And it would be really good because we all run into that. It's one of those things. It's like when somebody, when you walk up to somebody and you say, how are you? Well, I'm not very good. My husband died yesterday. What in the heck do you say? You tell them, I'm so sorry. And thank you for letting me notice, you know, because it's not easy to open up like that, you know, to thank them for being so straightforward and being honest with you. And let them know they're in pain and you just listen and ask open-ended questions you know like you know what was the relationship like how was he like how do you how are you feeling right now you know is it appropriate to say to somebody who who says that to you i'm so sorry how may i be of service is it appropriate to say that yes yeah i think so it's actually one of the best ways to do you ask them how can i be a better help for you yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's that's really good. By the way, you're 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 a very smart guy, and I really appreciate that you are. And you did that for 16 years. Are you still doing it, or have you kind of you're still doing it? I'm still doing it. Yeah, I I shift to uh, doing once a week to once every two weeks because I got two kids now, and my shift I can't tell you. Actually, you know what? My bad. I can't tell you what time I, I I'm on. I'm I'm an anonymous uh, phone worker, so no one should know what time I'm on. But yeah, I have two kids now, so I don't I cannot be as awake <laughs> anymore <laughs> unlike when i was in my 20s i can be like awake you know but so now i gotta make sure i bring my best self to to the crisis line yep yep well that 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 happens and and but still even though you're doing it once every other week and by the way if you are 
I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. If if you are retired and you are sitting at home and you're not doing anything, um, why not go look into volunteering at the crisis hotline? It's four hours a week or four hours every other week or whatever you put your schedule at. But it, it would be a great way for you to touch bases with a lot of really cool people in the center itself and also to be able to help humanity and you've got nothing else to do and stop watching tv (laughs) certainly don't turn on the news because that's 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 no fun at all so would you would you do they take retired people they take anybody who want to volunteer no matter what age it is they even have a uh, i I think they still have it a team team version of um crisis line so you can be a teenager and talk to other teenagers and um yeah I think I still have it. Don't quote me on that because they're in a different um, department, different room. So I, I haven't, obviously I'm not a teenager when I started. So I, I think I still have that. Yeah. Well, and if they do, I hope people will, will look into it because you can, it would be a great way for you to give back and to help. And it's, you, you, you can feel good about it at the end of the day because you did the best that you could. Yes, it's true. We, we, we want volunteers, so please come volunteer, and we will we, we train you. I imagine that, well, number one, it's great training. Yeah. But I imagine that you're always looking for volunteers because somebody might have a call that's particularly difficult, and they say, I can't do this anymore. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. It, it can be. Yeah, it can be. Uh, so, but this is just... It's just good to volunteer. I feel like it, it really enriches your soul. And the research is 100 hours volunteer a year is what is best without being burnt out. Perfect. That's yep. that's that's really good information to know. Mm-hmm. 100 hours a year, which is basically works out to two hours a week. Pretty much, um, I think, right? Yeah, almost. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. that would be that would be 112 hours, mm-hmm. but that's close. That's close. Yeah. So that's. That's good. Aren't you impressed that I could do that in my head so fast? Anyway. I am actually impressed. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, 152. Yeah, a little less than two. Yep. <clears throat> so in any event, let's get your information out. If somebody would like to hire you, if you are an employer and you would like to change the culture of your facility, which, by the way, if you positively change your culture of your facility, a couple things will happen. Turnover will go down. Your employees will be happier. Your productivity may actually go up and you might actually make more money. So that's, you know, and then you can give that money back to your employees. That'll even make them happier. It can be a win-win. 100%. So if they want to get a hold of me, they can find me on my website, nashfung.com, N-A-S-H-F-U-N-G.com. And it's not likely to disappear anytime soon. No, I'm I'm paying monthly uh, fee on a web hosting, so they're definitely staying staying there for good. <laughs> yeah, on my Instagram, on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn a lot too, on YouTube. Yeah. By the way, Nash, I want to thank you so much for being here. I've really enjoyed talking to you, and I want to thank Holly for having the foresight to say, "Hey, there's a guy you got to meet when you when you guys when she was on stage with you." So I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Eric. And thank you, Holly, for connecting us. Please tell her I say hi, okay? I, I, I'm going to talk to her in about oh, three minutes or so. Oh, so, oh, okay. Yep. So thank you, everybody. And by the way, be kind to one another because 
each other's all we've got. We'll see you Friday at noon.